Last Monday, October 9th, UCSB's Jewish community and their allies met at Stork Tower for a vigil to honor the lives lost in Israel that past weekend after Hamas launched their attacks from the Gaza Strip. It's about 7.25 right now, five minutes until the vigil gets started. They're still setting up. There's blue lights in the shape of the Star of David. There are 500 of these candles table in here. 180 of these candles that you're holding. And we still don't have a candle for every single one of the victims died. That's Ephraim Shalunov, one of the vigil's organizers. It is a scale of violence and depravity and I mean, there really are no words. About a hundred or so students showed up, and so did Chancellor Yang, who, in a campus-wide letter on October 10th, said, quote, Our thoughts are with those who have lost loved ones, the countless Israeli and Palestinian civilians who are impacted, and all who are affected near and far, end quote. The vigil began at 7.30 p.m. The sun had already set by that time, and organizers passed out long, white candles to attendees. They lit one candle, then passed the flame on throughout the crowd. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, I don't think there's any preamble that would really be appropriate for this event. Um, for those of you who are joining us out of solidarity with the Jewish people and with the state of Israel, we see you and we appreciate you and your presence means a lot. Most of us are out of tears to cry. Most of us just want to do something. And there's so little that we can do because nothing can undo the damage that was done. But your support is the start and remembering is the start. Rabbi Mandy Anderson of Santa Barbara Hillel then spoke. It's hard to come up with words right now. To be Jewish in the world right now is difficult. Rabbi Mandy Anderson then led the crowd in singing Misha Bera, a Jewish prayer song for healing. Uh, the next thing that we had planned for tonight was people coming up and, and sharing the, the specific stories of a few of the victims of this barbarism. Here's Ephraim again. Because sometimes it's very difficult to see numbers and, and see statistics and, and understand what they all mean. People then shared three stories of some of the victims, including Deborah and Shlomi Matthias. Ilan Cohen was on the phone with his daughter, Deborah when she was murdered by Hamas terrorists. When the terrorists entered the bomb shelter, she and her husband, Shlomi, used their bodies to block their son, Wotem, from gunfire. Both were fatally wounded. Wotem was shot in the stomach, but his mother's sacrifice took the brunt of the force. He was forced to lay paralyzed under his mother's body until his parents' killers were treated, and he was rescued by security forces. One speaker talked about an old friend named Eli, 
who was killed while serving in the Golani Brigade of the Israel Defense Forces, or IDF. Always, always there to help others and to give others. And he always knew how to make others happy and how to make them laugh. Um, and I remember, um, even, like, even in high school, he always knew he was going to go to combat in the army because he, he felt this, like he felt that he had to contribute that to contribute to Israel and give the maximum that he can give. Afterwards, another leader addressed the feelings of helplessness of many in the crowd. Watching and seeing what's going on, it, it feels like we're in the wrong place. We should be there, we should be helping out. And we have this enormous sense of helplessness. But one thing I do think is, look around how many people are here. Each and every one of us right now can do something that will make an impact on somebody else's life. He encouraged attendees to reach out to someone and check in on them, even if that person didn't have family or friends in Israel. It makes a big impact. You know that from your own personal life. Remember, remember, remember that you have the power to make actual change. And never think that you are just a victim. Yes, we've been tremendously hurt. We've taken our place, unfortunately, in 3,300 years of Jewish tragic history this week in a way that we never anticipated. But you can also take your place in 3,300 years of Jewish history to make a difference and always maintain hope no matter what. The next speaker touched on these similar themes of resilience. As the Jewish people, we have experienced and overcome 3,000 years of persecution. And this is no different. I empower you to realize that we are on the brink of transforming the Israel-Palestine conflict once and for all. Because we are not just fighting for Israel. We are fighting for the world. Organizers then led the crowd in the prayer for the state of Israel. Before singing the national anthem, Hatikva. Ephraim explained to the crowd that Hatikva, which means hope in Hebrew, was often sung by Holocaust survivors. They sang an old, at that point, Jewish song, Hatikva, for hope, for a new land, a new, a new situation. They built that new situation in the state of Israel. And over the last two days, it came under attack. I don't think that there would be a more appropriate time to echo their hope for a future without senseless barbarism directed at the Jewish people. I talked to Ephraim after the vigil ended around 8.30. My name is Ephraim Shalnov. I'm a second year studying computer science. I um, am the first president pro tempore of the Senate and also the Senate liaison for the uh, AS Jewish Commission. I, I was lucky enough to personally not have anyone that I'm close to die in this attack. Um, but I think it's important to also note the the loss of those who are still living. 
Um, when the news broke of the attack, the first thing I did was call my family in Israel, and one of the calls that I made was to my aunt, who is in Rehovot. Rehovot is in central Israel, so fairly far from Gaza. Um, a few months ago, a neighbor of hers was killed in a rocket attack by Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Uh, and I called her to check in, asked her how she was, and like any Israeli, uh, she told me that she was great. Everything was fine. Uh, she had just spent the night in the bomb shelter. Um, and while I was on the phone with her, the red alert siren went off again. And so she screamed at the top of her lungs for her kids, my cousins, to get back into the bomb shelter. I think the biggest thing is understanding that it's not another day for us. We're not okay. Um, offering space and condolences and support is, I think, what we need most now. Um, and that now is not the time for some kind of nuanced political takes. It's time to show grief and support. Thanks for listening. For KCSB News, I'm Joyce Chi.